0: 9545892204 Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 16th of August. Good to have you aboard. Presented as always by Anna and Levine, Accident Attorneys. If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, a slip and fall, motorcycle, automobile, boating accident, hit and run, I send you to where you're going to be treated like family. I send you to our title sponsor from day number one. None of Zazlo Show 2.0 is possible without our friends at Anna Jarin Levine. Anna Jarin Levine, Accident Attorneys. Again, Eight hundred seven four seven three. that's 800 747 got a fun show playing today, so glad to have you aboard, make sure that you, you like, you rate, you comment, you do all that good stuff, that helps the algorithm, I don't understand how the algorithm works, I know it's a good thing and it helps me get all the monies, so do that, tell all your friends, do all that fun stuff, tell your mother I say hello, you can always hit me up on Twitter, at Zaslow Show, I love that, I'm an influencer on Instagram, but you could definitely always hit me up on Instagram as well. And that's at Jay. I'm looking forward to hopefully bringing in some more folks to Zaslow Show 2.0. Listeners, the lifeblood of the show. As we are starting, we're doing weekend shows on ESPN Radio beginning this weekend. I I, I got to buff up the NFL knowledge. You know, it's super heavy NFL season now. ESPN Radio National, you know we're going to be talking tons of NFL, so you're going to get a lot of national stuff from me. This Saturday, tune in, ESPN Radio primetime, I will be hosting. I don't know who my co-host is yet, but I will be hosting this Saturday, 7 to 10 p.m., this Sunday, 4 to 7 p.m., so I'm looking forward to you guys tuning in, hanging out with us. Maybe we take phone calls, I know they do that on ESPN Radio, so I'm looking forward to being able to be in touch with a lot of the loyal Zaslow Show 2.0 listeners and making some new friends as well nationwide on ESPN Radio. So I announced that, remember, a couple days ago that we got a a part-time gig doing weekend shows, maybe some filling shows as well on ESPN Radio, and certainly hoping to to, to work again with my girl Amber Wilson, who, again, killing it this morning on First Take. I haven't watched yet because I'm doing Zaslow Show 2.0. But then when I'm done with this, I watch Amber on first take. So make sure you catch her. She's one of the panelists on first take every morning this week. And, of course, you catch her on ESPN Radio. Yeah, uh, you know, she, You know, that's 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 my employer. On ESPN Radio every night, 7 p.m., with my colleague, Joe Fortinball. Uh, they're all my colleagues now. Stephen A. Smith is my colleague now. Molly Karam is my colleague now. Uh, uh, what's her name? Malika Andrews. Kendrick Perkins. Richard Jefferson, Mike Breen, these are my colleagues now. So anyway, ESPN Radio this Saturday, I'm looking forward to you guys (laughs) coming and hanging out, and and I'm really excited about starting work with them. Nothing changes for Zaslow Show 2.0. I mean, this this is number one priority. Everybody knows that, all right? Nothing changes Zaslow Show 2.0. But I'm looking forward to having you guys on board this weekend and every other time I'm also hosting on ESPN Radio. Everyone's been super nice in in saying, uh, you know, welcome and and we're excited to hear you and all that good stuff. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's a cool thing for me. It's a cool cool thing for Zaslow's show 2.0. The Marlins last night, the Marlins lose 6-5 to the Houston Astros. So tonight you got the rubber match. Very important game. Number one, (laughs) very important because... Coming off a series victory against the Yankees, if you can now get a series victory over the world champion Houston Astros, the Marlins currently sit in the final wildcard spot, the third spot, which, by the way, the third wildcard spot could wind up being better than, say, the second wildcard spot. Now, you want to get to the first wildcard spot because the, the home field doesn't change in the wildcard round best of three. It's three games all at one team. And so the first wildcard spot, that team, they host the second wildcard team. All three games are at the number one seat. So you want to get the first wildcard spot. But if you're not going to be the number one wildcard, there is some thought to the idea of if you're the Marlins, you, you'd rather be number three wildcard team than number two wildcard team because, for instance, the number two wildcard team right now, which is the Giants, who are a game and a half up on the Marlins? The Giants would be playing the Phillies in the, in the wild card round. The Marlins, right now, if the postseason started today, would face the third division winner. The first two division winners, which right now, and, and they're going to be Dodgers and Braves, they're running away with the top two spots. They get a bye in the wild card round, they go straight to the best of five divisional round. The third wild card team, which right now is the Marlins, they, they're gonna play the central division winner. And right now, leading the Central Division is Milwaukee. They're four, three and and a half games ahead of the Chicago Cubs. So it's probably going to wind up being Milwaukee. You can make the case Philadelphia and San Francisco are both better than Milwaukee. The Central Division is weak. You look at the NL East, Braves, 77 wins right now. You look at the NL West, Dodgers, 72 wins right now. Milwaukee has 65, leading the Central. I mean, hell, the Marlins have 63 wins. If the Marlins were in the central, they'd be just two and a half out of first place. Central division is kind of weak. So there is some thought to be had. If you're the Marlins, now look, you, you gotta win as many games as possible. You, you're not trying to position yourself when you're fighting for a wild card spot, especially when you're only a game up on the first team out, which is the Cubs. Marlins they, Marlins gotta keep winning. But there is some thought to be given to if you're the Marlins. Would you rather be the two-seed and maybe play at the Phillies for three games? Or would you rather be the third wildcard team and play at the Brewers for potentially three games? So there is the idea that maybe that's the better move if you're the Marlins. Anyway, the Marlins, though, tonight, they're looking to to win a series against the world champion Astros. They lose last night. And it's important because, A, you want to win the series against the Astros. But, B, starting this weekend are at the Dodgers. You're making your trip to Los Angeles. This is the most difficult part of the schedule for the Marlins. Coming off the Yankees, you got the Astros, you got the Dodgers. Very difficult part of the schedule. They already won the series against the Yankees. If you go win the series against the Astros, that goes a long way toward what you got waiting for you in Los Angeles this weekend with the NL West leading Dodgers. Now, last night, back and forth game, really tough finish for the Marlins. So the Marlins... They got, it was Luis Rice with a double down the line with one out in the ninth inning. The Mons are down a run. Skip Schumacher, pinch hits. All right, maybe you got a gut feeling. Let's do, let's pinch hit here. I, th- I think Guriel was the one who was supposed to be up. And he goes with Avi Garcia. Garcia strikes out. Of course, he does. And then the final out of the game, it ends up being a uh, was was the final yeah final out of the game was a strikeout. It was uh it was Joey Wendell. So anyway, but going with Garcia, one out, man on second, super important spot. Garcia sucks. He is he is an all time worst Marlin. That's like Jeter's parting gift, signing and giving all that money to Avi Garcia. He is horrendous. Now the conversation, of course, last night with Marlins says. Why is Skip Schumacher going to Garcia? There, like I said, you got a gut feeling, whatever it is. I don't know. He's the manager. That's obviously going to be second guessed all night long. But I got to tell you, I, 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 I can't, I can't watch this Avi Garcia. He, for me, and for the money, I think he's the worst Marlins signing of all time. The only one that comes close, or the only one I should say comes close because it's close. The only one who I think there's a conversation to be had is Wei Chen. Cause the money's very similar way in Chen or Avi Garcia, worst contracts, worst signings in Marlins history. Don't give me Heath Bell because Heath Bell, it was, it was, it was a three year deal. I think it was $28 million. It ain't that much money. All right. Yes. Heath Bell stunk. It's not as bad as Avi Garcia. It's not as bad as Wei in Chen. And th- there've always been like one or two others that are thrown in this direction. I think those are the three that you think about. I don't have Heath Bell there. I think it's between Avi Garcia and Wei and Chen. Worst contracts in Marlins history. But I will say, well, that's obviously the negative about last night, I hate this Avi Garcia's guts. That's the negative. The positive is every single night. Every single night. We got a Marlins game that means something. And I know there are some baseball franchises, baseball fans out there. They're like, uh, this is every season. For, for us... For Marlin fans, yes, 2020, 60-game season, every game felt important because once you saw that Marlin team is pretty decent and they got a shot at the playoffs, it's worth paying attention to. But the Marlins have not had a real season, 162 games, where realistically you're a pretty good team. Now, granted, there are a couple years you got to go back to, I mean, maybe it's like oh9 you got to go back to the late 2000s Where Because the last, what was it, like eight years of Jeffrey Loria's ownership, team stunk. Terrible. The first like eight years, whatever it was, team was super competitive, including a World Series win. But you got to go back to the late 2000s, really. The last time that the Marlins were a team where in the middle of August, every night, you got legit, meaningful baseball games. And I know it's a tough concept for a lot of baseball fans to understand, but take out the one COVID year, and the Marlins have not been in the playoffs for 20 years. We're talking a real playoffs for 20 years. 162-game regular season. 60 again, that's bullshit. You got fans in the building. I mean, remember, they were in a bubble for the playoffs. So, it's really cool that for the first time in forever, you got meaningful games where I can be on Zaslow show 2.0 the next morning and be pissed off about Avi Garcia pinch-hitting with a man on second in the ninth inning, and of course striking out, swinging at uh, at two sliders, not even coming close. So, that is the positive about last night. Marlins need a win tonight. Now, the big news about last night. Yes, you know what I'm getting at here. Before we get to the big news from last night, guys, I've been telling you about Brunt Insurance for months now. Not just because they're one of the great sponsors on Zaslow Show 2.0. I've been telling you about Brunt Insurance because I've been getting my homeowner's insurance from Brunt Insurance and Financial Services for about 10 years now. And that's because I want to make sure, God forbid, something happens with my home, some type of damage occurs, that I'm going to be taken care of. And with Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204, bruntinsurance.com. I know that I have the most comprehensive coverage out there. Everything I need, I'm covered for. And I'm getting it at the best, most affordable rate out there. And you don't just have to be calling them from South Florida. Brunt Insurance has offices all throughout Florida. So from Pensacola all the way down to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance is delivering that comprehensive insurance that you're looking for. And not just homeowners insurance. I get my homeowners insurance from them, but auto insurance, life insurance, boater's insurance. If you don't own your home, renter's insurance. If you're in a condo, condo insurance. That's right. You can find them online, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. You're making the right call. Their team has the expertise and experience to find the perfect coverage for you. And that includes comprehensive policies on both trailers and motorhomes. Look, Especially when it comes to homeowner's insurance. There's so many options out there. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, they specialize in making all of the confusing out there crystal clear. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. And hey, so let's get to the big stuff from last night. And you know I was enjoying watching my guy Lionel Messi and in into Miami while holding a Johnny Cuba in my right hand. I'm in the Zaslow family. Actually, I'm in the Zaslow Mansion game room last night. We're watching Inter Miami. I'm sitting there with a Johnny in my right hand. I'm in my underwear. That's how you know I'm comfortable and I'm getting down to serious business. When I have a Johnny Cube on my hands and I'm watching the game, t-shirt and underwear. That's when we're serious. We're seriously comfortable. But also, I'm enjoying a Johnny Cuba. European roots with a Caribbean soul. A refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack. A Johnny Cuba. Your local Sedanos. Presidente. Win dixie Fresco Emas. I'm looking forward to getting together with my man Juan and his family. Dolphin game coming up. Hurricane game coming up. We'll be out there. We'll be promoting Johnny Cuba. Have the big tent at a Dolphins tailgate. You'll come and see us. I'll tell you exactly when. It'll be great. Now, remember... Whenever you're drinking, but especially Johnny Cuba, it's so delicious, but you always got to drink responsibly. And don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, of course, stay tranquilo. All right, excuse me. So last night, inter Miami, Lionel Messi, a four to one shellacking of Philadelphia Union, kicked their ass from start to finish. For the 5th consecutive game. 5th consecutive. Now they're 6-0 now in this tournament, which means 6-0 and with Messi. For the 5th consecutive game. Inter, and by the way, in that first game, Messi only played the second half. So who knows what would happen in the first half. But for the 5th consecutive game, Inter-Miami is on the board in the first 15 minutes of the game. So they demoralize you. At the start of the game, they're getting at you right at the beginning. You're down one nothing before you know it. And three minutes in last night, Josep Martinez makes it 1-0 on a breakaway. And they're, like, they're demoralized. They didn't expect it. Their game got completely out of whack, Philadelphia. Their coach said the same thing at halftime last night when he was talking to the reporter. Inter Miami goes, they're up 3-0 at halftime. They win 4-1. Messi scores the second goal of the game. A brilliant goal from about 30 yards out. Now, I, I have to apologize when I say this is an inclusive soccer show. So when I say a brilliant goal, you're like, what does that mean? Zaz? I've never heard them say something's brilliant when I'm watching the NBA or the NFL. No, brilliant means like amazing, like, like so talented. That was a brilliant goal. This is an inclusive soccer show. So I want to make sure everybody understands the soccer lingo and not only am I an inaugural season ticket holder for Inter-Miami, but I'm kind of a soccer expert. So when I say Messi had a brilliant goal last night, you know what I'm saying, like, it's an amazing goal. I want everyone to feel inclusive. We're all together watching the greatest soccer team in the land, Inter-Miami, and the legendary Inter-Miami soccer player, Lionel Messi. You know what I'm talking about. Now, And by the way, I, I we, are, we, we are literally... We are back to be in the center of the sports universe. Panthers. Heat. We know the Dolphins are going to be awesome. The Marlins are possibly a playoff team. Inter Miami. Never lose. That's five teams. That's five major pro sports here in South Florida. And all of our teams are the best. Center of the sports universe once again. Miami. South Florida. Best sports town. You know it. So, if we can get back now. To what took place last night. And, and by the way. Isn't it great where. So I spent all day. Waiting for Messi. Like all day I'm looking forward to it. And it's you know I'll say. Hey you, you're going to watch Messi tonight. It's not that you're going to watch Inter Miami. Tonight it's you're watch Messi. Tonight. And I told you. That's the big difference. Between. When LeBron came here. And when Messi has come here. And and the major difference though, and this doesn't even have as much to do with the players, the main difference is our love, or at least my love, for the Heat compared to for Inter Miami. When LeBron came here, I was excited, yes, of course, to watch LeBron, but I was excited for what that means for the Miami Heat. You know, on a Heat game day that year it wasn't, hey, you're gonna watch LeBron. So it's like, no, hey, you're gonna watch the Heat tonight. With Inter Miami, it's are you gonna watch Messi tonight? I haven't put very much thought, well, maybe I'm starting to think about it, but I haven't put very much thought toward, is Messi going to bring Inter-Miami a championship? Now, they're one game away from their first ever trophy, that's going to be this weekend, okay? But it's not so much, what is Messi going to do for Inter-Miami, it's about watching Messi's greatness. When LeBron was here, at least for me, I I think really for everyone, it was about, what's LeBron going to do for the Heat? Not, hey, I'm so excited to watch LeBron's greatness. I am, but it was about the heat. Major difference. Now, Inter-Miami last. So I'm waiting all day. Waiting all day to watch Messi. <laughs> it's so cool. And so the game gets going. I'm, spe- I'm, I'm waiting all day to watch Messi. I'm super excited about it. Three minutes in, obviously. Messi, score, uh, not Messi, Messi scored the second goal. But three minutes in, Josep Martinez scores. And really quickly, you see Inter Miami's dominating this game. Like I said, they're up 3 0 at halftime. And so it's, and you, the announcers are amazed. And here's the thing there's a couple stats that I'm going to throw out to you here. First of all, they win 4 1 yesterday. They're now 6 0 with Messi. They've scored 21 goals, nine of them, I believe, Messi. 21 goals for Inter-Miami in those six games. And the announcers kept making this point last night, and you got it. Inter-Miami has scored 22 goals in 22 MLS games this season. They have 21 goals in six games in this tournament. That is wild. This is not the same team, and I understand of course they have Messi, but it's not just Messi, he's been phenomenal Busquets who who, who didn't, who, who wasn't huge last night, like he didn't have to be but Busquets has been amazing, Jordi Alba scored his first goal with Inter Miami last night, he put them up 3-0 right before halftime, but you also have Robert Taylor, and you got uh, uh, Kromasky and and Yosef Martinez is now coming into form You know they got Yedlin back From playing in the World Cup. And. Not the World Cup. Excuse me. In the. uh, uh, The the Gold Cup. And. This is not the same team. Now. Have they. So first up. And and, and I sent out a tweet last night. I know this is League's Cup. Like for instance. Cruz Azul. They played Cruz Azul the first game. They only won 2-1. It's like. And it was. You know. A miracle from Messi on the free kick. In. In stoppage time so it's like ah they snuck by Cruz Azul you know now they're facing Atlanta United in group play and we're gonna get a better idea of what this team is they're facing an MLS team yeah well, they kicked the shit out of them it was it three nothing three or four nothing kick the shit out of them well all these teams that they've played now Atlanta United Dallas FC was very they were down 4-2 against Dallas FC like that was a miracle they came back and won that game but Atlanta United Dallas FC Last night, Philadelphia Union. Charlotte. These teams... These teams... are all playoff teams in MLS. And it's their legit rosters. It's not like bullshit B teams that they're playing against. All of these teams that Inter Miami is playing are MLS playoff teams... And they're kicking the shit out of them. So, you get to thinking, okay, is this real? And it feels like it might be real. These aren't bad teams. These are MLS teams, and they're MLS playoff teams, and they're beating them, and they're beating them badly. They're really good. Inter-Miami. Not the same team as we've seen Before Messi, Busquets, Jordi Alba arrived. So cool. So, anyway. At halftime last night, too, by the way. They're up 3-0. Philadelphia Union. Now, I'm not going to say like I knew this going in. I'm hearing the broadcast. Philadelphia Union has one home playoff loss since 22. One. And they got booed off the field. At halftime last night. This inner Miami and, and and like I said, I put that tweet out there. <coughs> Ask it, it, I know this is League's Cup, but they're kicking the crap out of MLS teams. Are they like, are they the best team? Are they gonna be really good? And everyone, everyone respond, because you guys, so many of you guys, look, I'm an inaugural season ticket holder for inter Miami, and I'm an expert, but you guys know so much more than me about soccer. Definitely about MLS. And everyone to a man, yeah, this is real. They're really good, and they're going to be the best team in MLS. And I, I trust you guys. You guys know. I trust you guys. And so then it's like, all right, they got 12 games left. They pro- Because of how many points back they are of the final playoff spot, they're last in the East. They're last in all of MLS. They have 12 games left. They probably need to win 10 of them, right? Like that's nuts. Well, they've won six straight here in leagues cup. Five of them are against MLS teams. Can they win 10 out of 12 to finish the MLS season? It's kind of feeling like they can. It's going to have to be something like that. Nine out of 12, 10 out of 12 to make the playoffs. And if they do make the playoffs, A, you make the playoffs, you got messy. But if Inter Miami does... See, here's the fun part. If Inter Miami does make the playoffs, it's going to be because they are on fire from the start of League's Cup, no matter what happens in the final this weekend. And then what they had to do in all the games they had to win to get to the playoffs. So not only would it be a messy-led Inter Miami team in the playoffs, but it's an Inter Miami team... That at that point would have won something like, including League's Cup, would have won something like maybe 16 out of their last 18 games. You know? So you'd be facing a team that's dangerous because they have Messi, but you'd be facing a team that's probably the best team. If they sneak in to the postseason. So now, like I said, you're starting to think a little bit about the whole... uh, Could they actually... Win a championship in Messi's first year? But putting that aside, last night... Now, I didn't see the game. But last night, it was Nashville FC versus Monterey. Nashville FC won. If Monterey won, Inter-Miami was going to host the final this weekend. Nashville won, so the final is 9 p.m. this Saturday night at Nashville FC. So Inter-Miami, Nashville FC for the final... It'll be a bummer if Inter Miami does not win, but to make it all the way to the final for a team that's been dog shit, and in Messi's debut, they get all the way to the final of this tournament, amazing what they've already accomplished. And Nashville, see, again, another playoff team in MLS. They're fourth in the East. But you see all these teams, like Philadelphia Union last night, they're third in the East. Kick the shit out of them. Nashville SC, they are fourth. But look at all these teams that, me again, not just beating, but are beating badly. Orlando City, fifth in the East. Atlanta United, seventh in the East. And then you look at the, at the other side. Uh, uh, Dallas, Dallas is right on the outside. They're eighth, but so they're, they're like a middling team. But you look at the other teams, you look at the teams they've kicked the crap out of, because Dallas, a close game. Philadelphia, third. Orlando City, 5th. Atlanta United, 7th. These are good teams. So cool. So cool. You know, they had to stop the game at one point last night because a fan... I think it was a couple fans that didn't show them, but I think they said a couple fans... A couple fans ran onto the pitch, so they had to stop the game for a few moments to get them off. And then I ended up seeing another video where one of the fans was definitely trying to run up to Messi. And he had his phone out and like he's yelling to him. He wants to take a selfie, obviously, with Lionel Messi. And it's like, so I thought for a second, the camera's only on Messi, you don't see what else is going on. And I think myself, like, man, like I wonder if he gets like nervous ever when this happens, because he knows the people running on the pitch. They're trying to get to him. And I'm not saying like a Monica Seles situation is going to happen where you get stabbed, but you don't know the like like these 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 fans they're legit fanatic over Messi, especially if they're running onto the pitch during the game. Again, pitch is the field all inclusive soccer show. So I'm like, man, what does he ever get nervous? Because he doesn't look nervous. He he's just standing there <clears throat> and kind of observing all of it. Matter of fact, when the guy got close to him with his camera. I think Messi actually started to take a step toward him. And you've seen that before where Messi has leaned in and taken the picture with the guy who's running on the on the pitch. So like I'm wondering is he nervous because he doesn't look any nervous and then you realize this has been his whole career. This has been like almost the last 20 years where fans are crazy for him when he's walking in public and how many times has this happened during games where fans are running on the pitch trying to get to him? He's so used to it. It's so normal for him. So I would say he's definitely not nervous about any of it at all. Last night was fun, man. So, and you know what? Trista Crick, yesterday, uh, uh, my friend Trista Crick was on the show yesterday. Odyssey Sports' is Bet MGM every night. The Heat Check with Trista Crick. One of my favorite podcasts. And Trista mentioned this to me. I think she mentioned it before we were recording uh, our spot yesterday. Go back and listen. She's always fantastic and funny and great. Go back and listen to yesterday's show when Trista joined us. But she mentioned with Messi, and it's a great point. It's like Wrexham FC, where they've been really bad for years. They've been in a really low division, Wrexham FC. And then Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds by the team. And they're winning, and the fans, everyone's so into it, and they're moving up in leagues. It's like Wrexham FC, where Inter Miami, they're this terrible franchise, because not only are they terrible on the field, but they, they just don't have their act together off the field, too. They've been a bad franchise for their first four years now, including this year. And they're in last place. And then Messi joins, and they don't lose anymore. They're 6-0. and it's, it's like Wrexham FC. So funny, man. So, anyway. Uh, and, and... One last thing I want to get to here about Inter Miami. So, you know, I'm an inaugural season ticket holder, and there are six home games left. Well, because the team is winning and because they're clearly awesome, the ticket prices on the secondary market, and by the way, there are no regular tickets available anymore, no, 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 only singles, only some scattered singles. So the resale market is the only place to get the tickets now. And some games remaining in the regular season, the resale market only has singles too. Prices have skyrocketed for these games. Skyrocketed. Like you would expect, it's messy and the team's awesome. So, I mean, look, I'm selling these tickets. I'm making a lot of money back. There's no no doubt about it. I am selling these Inter-Miami tickets. I am perfectly happy watching the games from my couch. Zazzle Mansion family room with a Johnny Cuba in my hand in my underwear. That's how we do it. I'm selling these games. We're going to make back a lot of money. But my question is, I'm obviously going to renew my season tickets for next year because now it's like an investment. All right. I'll sell a bunch of games next year. I'll go to a bunch of games. And then the whole thing will, will pay for itself. But the question is, how much money, how much are they going to raise the season ticket prices? Like, my seats that I have, I think the regular price, I think they're like 40 bucks a pop. Could they raise to $100 each? That's a pretty crazy increase. That'd be a 250% season ticket price increase. That's nuts. Like you see what goes on with dolphin games where if the tickets were 40 bucks and they raise them to $50. That's a 25% increase. That's a major price increase. 25% year to year. That's a major price increase. Could inter Miami like realistically raise the price like 250% again, hundred hours a ticket. Okay. Super hot ticket. This is what you got to pay to see Messi. but that's a, that's a massive increase even if that's what they increase my tickets to. I mean, they're still, they're still going to sell for so much on the secondary market because you know the season tickets are going to sell out. This was why I held on to the tickets. This is why I kept it from my wife because we're hoping that Messi was going to come here and now we're going to have this investment. This, I was the big winner. My plan worked. This is why we did it. But my question is, you know, how much th- they're going to raise them and they're going to raise them significantly. But like I said, when we're talking about raising ticket prices significantly, if you raise the ticket price, each ticket by $10 or $15, that's a significant increase. How much can they raise it? 200%? How much can they possibly do it? I'm really curious what that's going to look like. Really curious. All right. You know what I'm not curious about? Whenever I'm thinking about getting a new car. Because if I'm thinking about getting a new car, that's actually easy. If you're thinking about getting a new car, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. That's right. The only car dealership I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, because whatever you're looking for, An SUV for the family, something spacious, something simple, something to go to and from work. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has the newest Subaru models on the market. That includes the Outback, the Crosstrek, the Forester, the Ascent. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru has the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking South Florida's newest and technologically advanced Subaru dealer. You could shop over a thousand Subaru models A 1,000 vehicles from your home. All you got to do is right now go to nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale, Subaru. Go in person, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road, the building you know and the place to go. nflsubaru.com, North Fort Lauderdale, Subaru. So last night was awesome. That shit was so good, man. Anyway, the the final, like I said, Saturday night, nine p.m. at Nashville, as Inter Miami is going to look for their first ever, first ever trophy. All right. So I brought this up yesterday. I mean, it's a big story. I brought this up yesterday when we had Trista Crick on the show, and I brought it up briefly. Everybody knows the movie, The Blind Side. Uh, the, the the movie's great. Sandra Bullock. She won the Academy Award. The the book is awesome, Michael Lewis, and we we find out a few days ago the story may not be well, well. The story clearly isn't what we thought it was, and so we learned that Michael Orr, the subject of the Blind Side, you know, he was first round pick, left tackle, Baltimore Ravens. Michael Orr is is taking the Tui family to court. Alleging that he just found out this year, like six months ago, that he's never actually been adopted by the family. That they had him sign, after he turned 18 years old, had him sign a conservatorship. Which is essentially, they are in control of an adult's life. Like, we, we hear about conservatorship because of Britney Spears. That's when they are in control of an adult's life. They make the decisions, you're not allowed to do without their consent, and they end up getting a piece of your your royalties, your name, your likeness, all that stuff. And he's claiming that he didn't get any money from profits made from the blind side, which apparently, based on uh, what they said the percentages were, the family probably got around $7 million from the movie. And he's claiming he didn't get any of it when the family's claiming it was all split five ways, the parents, the two kids, Michael Orr. And it's a mess. And look, what can't be taken away, and there's two sides to every story, and now we're finding out the second side of the story, right? And I'll get to that in a second. But it, it's, it's, it's such a lousy situation because what, what can't be taken away is the Tui family took Michael Orr in, provided him a safe haven, a great living situation, helped him get into school at all Miss, helped him get to be a professional football player. Like, whatever the motivation was, that part was obviously real, and, and 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 you can't take that away. The part that's disappointing is if they looked at him like an investment, where they're going to take him in, they're going to do all this stuff for him now, and then they have him sign this conservatorship when he becomes eighteen, and then they're going to profit off of him. That part is super lousy. But now we have the Tui family side. So, and I'm going to take this straight from ESPN.com. Okay. <coughs> So, this is from the Tui family's lawyer. Okay, they're calling this, they're calling the, the suit outlandish. Uh, the idea that the family ever sought to profit off Mr. Orr is not only offensive, it's transparently ridiculous. It continues here in reality, the Tui's opened their home to Mr. Orr, offered him structure, support, and most of all, unconditional love. So, like I said, no matter what Michael Orr is alleging or what may have happened, that part is true, that part is undisputable, and that part is obviously a good thing. It's just the motivation behind that is what potentially makes this story so disappointing. Anyway, so it says here, you know, his re- they have consistently treated him like a son and one of their three children. His response was to threaten them, including saying that he would plant a negative story about them in the press unless they paid him $15 million. So now, this story is officially super ugly. And it doesn't seem like there's any reconciling and any turning back. Like, and that part is no matter which side is true, that part is so disappointing. And it continues on here. Uh, and well, the the Michael Orr's attorney says we're not going to do this in public. All the facts are to come out in court. Okay, they will. <clears throat> so that's fine. So and it continues on here. So this is a more statement from uh from the Tui's lawyer. Okay, in his statement. Singer said agents for Michael Lewis—actually, Singer, let me make sure which attorney it is. All right, let me let me back up here. All right, so the petition further alleges that the Toohey's used their power as conservators to strike a deal that paid them and their two birth children millions of dollars in royalties from the film that earned more than $300 million, while Orr got nothing for a story that, quote, would not have existed without him. And it says here, according to legal filing— the Toohey's were each paid $225,000 for the movie, plus 2.5% of the film's defined net proceeds. And that's why I'm saying 2.5% of $300 million, it ends up being around $7.5, uh, $7.5 million. Which he's claiming he didn't get any of. Okay. It, could, it goes on here. In his statement, Singer said agents for Michael Lewis, and this is the Tuies family lawyer. Said agents for Michael Lewis, he's the author, of the best-selling book, The Blind Side, negotiated a deal in which the Tui family received a small advance from the production company and a tiny percentage of net profits. Okay, and here it goes on. They insisted that any money received be divided equally. They have made good on that pledge. The evidence documented in profit participation checks and studio accounting statements is clear over the years. The Tui's have given Mr. Orr an equal cut of every penny received from the blind side. When Mr. Orr started to threaten them about what he would do unless they paid him an eight-figure windfall, and as part of that shakedown effort, refused to cash the small checks from the Tui's, they still deposited Mr. Orr's equal share into a trust account they set up for his son. So the Tui family is calling it a shakedown. Singer's statement said Orr, quote, and this is where it gets so ugly, it's so disappointing. Orr has actually attempted to run this place several times before, but it seems that numerous other lawyers stopped representing him once they saw the evidence and learned the truth. Sadly, Mr. Orr has finally found a willing enabler and filed this ludicrous lawsuit as a cynical attempt to drum up attention in the middle of his latest book tour. So, you got two very different sides of this story. And whichever side like whichever side ends up being true, the story ends with massive disappointment for everyone who loved this story. I mean, like I said, I read The bi- Blind Side whenever it came out. I was like, so about 20 years ago, maybe a little less than 20 years ago. Then the movie, which everybody loves, Sandra Bullock, no matter which side ends up being true. Whether the Tui's version of it is correct, where... Michael Orr is trying to shake them down, and he has tried this many times, and he's essentially trying to blackmail them. Or, if the other side is true, where the Toohey's made him sign the conservatorship, which which that part, I, I think, seems to be without question. But why they made him sign the conservatorship, if that part is true, that part is a massive disappointment. So somebody is coming out of this looking terrible. Either the Toohey's used Michael Orr after, like I said, It's not disputable that they gave him a loving home, a great opportunity, got him into school, allowed him to get to the NFL behind his talents. Like, that part is indisputable. It's what came afterward, which could be super disappointing. So either the Toohey's had a, a, a motivation to providing Michael Orr a great home, which sucks, or Michael Orr is now trying to blackmail The Tui family, maybe he's short on cash. He's got a book coming out now, apparently. And Michael Orr ends up being a piece of shit. And this is how he's paying the family back, back who loved him the way that they did. Either side, whichever one ends up being true, this story sucks. It's so disappointing. If you're, well, I mean, even if you're not a fan of the movie slash the book, this is such a great story. And now it's, it's pretty much forever ruined. And I mean, look, I saw this online yesterday. I was joking around with Trista. Sandra Bullock should give back this Academy Award. I mean, Reggie Bush had to get back his, his Heisman Trophy. Sandra Bullock should have to get back this award. But a lot of people were saying that yesterday on social media, yesterday on Twitter. Very, very disappointing. So disappointing, this situation. Anyway, <clears throat> let's keep it moving here. Before, I want to get some dolphin stuff here. But before we get to the Dolphin stuff, guys, you know how... You knew Zaslo Show 2.0 really started to take off. How did you know? Well, that's when Sheets and Giggles came on board. That's when you knew things were serious. And I've been able to make a good friend out of it. My man Colin, he's the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles. Sheets and Giggles allows the Zaslo family to get the best sleep they've ever had. And that's because of their naturally softer, cooler, more breathable sheets. And we're now four. Of over 100,000 Americans who sleep on Sheets and Giggles and are never turning back. Matter of fact, I, I I can't wait for basketball and hockey season to get going again. It was so much fun. Panther wins. Heat wins. Colin would put out the promo code. Uh, promo code for the next 24 hours. Kachuk. 50% off. Everything you order. SheetsGiggles.com. I can't wait for that to get going again. But with Sheets and Giggles, we now know exactly where we're shopping for all of our bed sheets. I got a eucalyptus pillow. They sell eucalyptus mattresses, the comforter. It's the best comforter, the coolest, softest, most breathable, comfortable comforter I've ever had. We're never sleeping on anything other than Sheets and Giggles here in the Zaslow Mansion. Sheetsgiggles.com. You'll thank me later. You'll thank Colin. You're gonna get the best sleep you've ever had. Sheets and giggles. Go to Sheetsgiggles.com. So Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook signs with the New York Jets. And I meant to get to this yesterday. I didn't get around to it yesterday because it came out two days ago, right? So Dalvin Cook signs for one year, $8 million. And so essentially what he's doing, well, it's two things. Number one, he clearly did not get a multi-year deal out there. Number two, he's kind of punting his free agency to next year where, okay, I'm going to prove to everyone I'm awesome. I mean, he he really doesn't have to prove it. He is awesome. Everybody knows that and I'm going to try free agency again next year. He desperately wanted the Miami Dolphins. He gave them every opportunity to sign him. He, he visited the Jets like two weeks ago, still didn't sign with them, and winds up signing with the Jets for one year and $8 million. He was begging the Dolphins to sign him. I am not concerned about Dalvin Cook going to the Jets at all. I already told you how I feel about the Jets. I'm not concerned about the Jets at all. I think the Jets, I think it's all going to blow up. I don't think it's going to work out. I think Aaron Rodgers, and by the way, I watched Hard Knocks the first episode last night. I know the second episode came out last night. I watched the first episode last night. I got to admit, Aaron Rodgers thought he came off very likable. He's done all the right things since joining the New York Jets. (coughs) I thought he came off very likable, Aaron Rodgers. But we've already started to see the decline. I do not think the Jets are going to work out this year. I think they're at best third in the AFC East. And I like it that Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets. I want them to have as much talent as possible so the Jet fan can get their hopes up. And when it all crashes and burns, it's even funnier for the Dolphins fan. I have no issue with Dalvin Cook going to the Jets. And you know what? The Dolphins, they clearly made an offer to Dalvin Cook that he was hoping they were giving them every opportunity to increase, be it money, be it years. It's shocking that no one offered a better deal than one year, $8 million. But I got to give the Dolphins and Chris Greer a lot of credit. I really, it is shocking. Dalvin Cook's awesome. I got to give the Dolphins and Chris Greer a lot of credit. Part of it is because they like their running back room. But also, they saw Dalvin Cook, because of their running back room, this is his value to them. One year, however much million dollars. This is our offer. You can take it. We'd love to have you on board. But we're not going to be bullied into giving you more. We're not going to give you more than we value you. And while the Dolphins would have liked to have Dalvin Cook, they would like to have him at the number they value him at. That's the sign of a responsible franchise, that's the sign of a good general manager. It is. That's the sign of a general manager in Chris Greer who knows what he's doing. This is where we value you. We'd like to have you on the team. But at this number, and if you if you want more than that, it's not going to be with us. They clearly did not value him the way that he valued himself, which is crazy because he, he's awesome. But I don't have a problem with the Dolphins saying, we, we don't need to break the bank for Dalvin Cook. We like our running back room. We'd like to have you. You'll help us. But at this number, they made an offer, and they wouldn't go above what they felt his value to them was. That's the sign of a good general manager. That's an, We would have liked him to sign with the Dolphins. But that's a good job out of Chris Greer. That's a good job. That's a good general manager move right there. And I am I'm sorry. I do not live in a world... Where I'm going to be afraid of the New York Jets. The Dolphins' path to success is not going to be hindered by the Jets of all teams. One of the historically worst franchises in professional sports. I'm supposed to be afraid of the New York Jets. The New York Jets are going to be the ones who keep the Dolphins from getting to where they want to go. No. No chance. I do not. Live in a day and age where I'm worried about what the New York Jets are going to do standing in the Miami Dolphins' way. Uh-uh. That's nonsense. So go go sign with the Jets. I'm happy you signed with the Jets. It's going to be that much sweeter when the Dolphins beat them twice and the Jets miss the playoffs. You even—and look, the New York Jets have had one of the best off-seasons— in NFL history adding Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook it's one of the greatest off seasons of all time and it's going to be even funnier when that team crashes and burns I'm happy Dalvin Cook signed with the Jets not afraid he's awesome but it's not going to work out because it's the Jets because it's the Jets with that said Let's get to Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Big Deal or Not a Big Deal, always brought to us by Water Cleanup of Florida. Hey, you're dealing with water, mold, or fire damage in your home or your business. Is that a big deal? Maybe it's not a big deal. I don't know. But Water Cleanup of Florida, 60 years of combined experience. The team at Water Cleanup of Florida is prepared to handle all types of leak detection issues. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida then cleans, dries, and fully restores the damaged areas. They're fully licensed, insured, and certified to provide the one-stop shopping we're all looking for. No need to bring in other contractors. That Water Cleanup of Florida handles the entire project from start to finish. They serve the entire Tri-County area, Miami-Dade, Broward, Palm Beach counties. Call them or text 954 900 8635 Or go to WCUFL.com. Find out if it's a big deal or not a big deal with Water Cleanup of Florida. Big deal or not a big deal. So, the Indianapolis Colts, they announced Anthony Richardson. First round pick, Florida Gators starting quarterback. I think this is a big deal. Number one, I like it. I think it's fun because he's University of Florida. But also, the Colts are finally going in the right direction where... Since Andrew Luck, you know, left in the middle of preseason, it's been, let's bring in Phillip Rivers. Let's bring in Matt Ryan. Let's bring in Carson Wentz. Finally, you gotta go the route of getting your own quarterback and building him up. And they're like, listen, you're gonna have some hard times, Daddy. But we're throwing you in there. We're committed to you. I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. The New England Patriots. sign Ezekiel Elliott. That was two days ago well. Sorry, I didn't get to it yesterday. I'm going not a big deal. As opposed to Dalvin Cook, who I think still has a lot left in the tank and is still really good. Ezekiel Elliott is completely washed. I mean, nobody loves Zeke more than Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. And they let him leave. They cut him, matter of fact. Ezekiel Elliott looks like a guy who maybe will give you some goal line carries, but he is not some type of dynamic back anymore. This is not a difference maker. You want to talk about... A running back falling off the cliff. Ezekiel Elliott signing with the Patriots. Not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So for the pro wrestling fans who saw this yesterday. Uh, Lacey Evans. Who now is formerly known as Lacey Evans. Apparently she either has been released. Or she asked out of her contract and was released. Lacey Evans. No longer with WWE. I think this is a big deal. I liked Lacey Evans. I think it was obviously a mistake when they changed her gimmick from the sassy southern belt to, uh, you know, going with her roots because she's a Marine Corps veteran. And they decided to make her like a sergeant slaughter type. And it, it just, they tried to start it, then it stopped, then it started, then it stopped. It never got going. It never caught on. The crowd never liked her. It's why they never should have changed her from the sassy southern belt. I liked that gimmick. And overall, I got a hard time believing they couldn't find something to work with Lacey Evans. So for me, that's a big deal. And finally, one more for you here. So how about... So you see, undisputed. That's right. FS1. Shannon Sharp left. Skip Bayless has been off. They're finding his new partner or partners. So it's going to come back when football starts. And Skip Bayless apparently is going to have a rotation of of, of panelists. Uh, Richard Sherman. Rachel Nichols. Lil Wayne. Uh, that list is uninspiring to me. I think Richard Sherman's a good hire. But Lil Wayne, Rachel Nichols, that's uninspiring to me. The part that's interesting, though, is how the internet yesterday saying how Skip Bayless afraid to work with Nick Wright, that Nick Wright would crush him, and that Skip Bayless does not want to look bad, and he does not want to look bad on his own show. I'm going big deal, because I believe that. Skip Bayless takes it really serious and definitely does not want to look like he's losing a debate. He treats it like life and death, these debates. And Nick Wright, who I think is very good on FS1, would demolish him on a daily basis. I think it's true to that story, I'm going big deal. And that right there, courtesy of Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not. Yes! All right. Great job by everyone. How about that inner miami last night? So, so much fun. Hey, tomorrow we started this last week. We got to get everybody set for fantasy football. CBS Sports fantasy football expert, our guy Jamie Eisberg, he joins us every Thursday, so we'll be able to get to a lot of football tomorrow, help you out with some fantasy football tips. If you want to send in some questions, you can always hit me up at Zaslow's show. We'll get to those tomorrow. We'll also have mailbag tomorrow, so you want to send your questions on anything you want to answer. We can talk about anything. We do that on Thursdays. Mailback on Zaslow Show 2.0. Thanks everyone who helped put together a great show today. I can't do it without your help. We'll talk to you on Zazlo Show 2.0 tomorrow. Go with that.